Good day to you listeners and welcome to Series 2, Episode 8 of the Culture Trumpet Podcast with me, Dan, and the other guy, Mark. We've been glued to our screens for the last two weeks and now we're brimming with excitement, shaking like a shitting dog, ready to bring you the best content in the world of culture. All for you. Yes, you. You at the end of the internet line. This is all for your listening pleasure, you fucking lucky ducks. And with that said, hit it, bitch. Well, I'm glad we're doing our own intros again. Uh, it saves money on on paying other people, and uh, so that's more more money for us for talking more. Wait, you get paid? Uh, I must talk to my agent when I inevitably hit the big time and get one, of course. Uh, of course, any day now, any day now. Just waiting for the um, phone to ring, Mark. Just waiting for the phone to ring. <laughs> Um, this episode is going to be... Well, we've been off for a couple of weeks now. Uh, and, of course, as soon as you're off, everything just happens, doesn't it? So, it really did. It was like, I think the Monday after the episode went out, I think was the Oscars. Yeah. I think. And then we, you know, we've we moved to this sort of bi-weekly schedule, which I think is working mm. more because we can pump more content into your ears in yes. two weeks. Thorough pumping, yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, first off, like, you know, again, we always start as we mean to go on and get the bad stuff out of the way. Mm. Everybody knows how much I love music, and last week, the week before, the rock world, music world in general, but the rock world lost an absolute legend. Taylor Hawkins of the Foo Fighters, the other guy in the Foo Fighters that you guys know that isn't Dave Grohl, mm. their drummer died suddenly and very unexpectedly, which I'm still not, like... <laughs> I don't know the man, but from being a massive Foo Fighters fan and knowing I'll never see them live like that ever again is crap. And, you know, the circumstances surrounding his death are still undetermined, but it's sadly pointing at he was taking drugs again, which, if you know anything about him, he survived an overdose in 2001, I think it was. So to, to die of that is quite sad. To die full stop is sad, but you know, yeah. a drug a drug related death is an is an avoidable death sometimes. Yeah, and I think he'd been kind of struggling with that for a while, hadn't he? Yeah, I think he was quite open about problems he's had. Oh, well, I was I was told that he relapsed a few years ago, which I didn't know. Right. So to to hear that he may have died of a drug drug issue is is yeah. crap. But yeah, yeah, fifty is, years old is. as well, no age. Yeah, yeah. Um... Well, that's got us off to... Go on, lighten the mood, Mark, with your stuff. Start, hasn't it? Yeah, okay. No, I think that's fine. I'll, I'll lighten the mood now. Um, Bruce Willis. So, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> We're going to hell. <laughs> oh, we are. Um, Bruce Willis, yeah. So his family put out a statement um, last week, as we're recording, um, that he's going to be stepping away from, from filmmaking, potentially permanently. Um it certainly sounds that way from what they've said. Um, is this because they listened to the episode and I hated Die Hard? I think that could have been the thing that, that tipped him over the edge. Oh, bloody hell. Um, but no, apparently he's he's suffering from a, a mental condition, I think, called aphasia. Okay. 
which uh, kind of affects the ability to... It affects different peoples in different ways, but it's around language, right? So it can affect your ability to understand what's perhaps being said to you, or you might understand exactly what's been said to you, but you can't you know, make yourself understood. You get your words mixed up, etc. Um, obviously, for someone whose job it is to read a script, remember that script, and repeat that script... Um, that's, you know, uh, not really something that, that that's going to really help you do your job. Um, you know, the, there's been, over the last couple of years, um, he's kind of been criticised a bit for, for all of the kind of direct-to-video movies he's done. I think 10 or 12 in a, in a year, I, I think, last year. Um, Low-budget stuff, he'll turn up for for a couple of days, a week at most do a couple of scenes, but that's enough for the production company to stick his face on a poster, his name above the title, sell it overseas, make a profit, and, and, and move on like to the I next one. Like I said to you, people bash him for that, but whatever pays the mortgage. Well, you know. or in this case, perhaps whatever's paying the medical bills for the future. Valid, valid. You know, if he can earn what, two what, or three well, million... Yeah. Money's money, know. right? If you're that, if Money's you're, money. Job's a job. It, if if he's looking at soon being out of work for the rest of his life, but he can do ten or twelve films a year and get a couple of million each, mm. then do as many as you can in the time that you can. Yeah, and you've you've built yourself a little pot to pay for any expenses in the future. So and, you know the the man is sixty seven. He's been on our yeah. screens for yonks. You know, Nineteen seventy eight. Yeah. You know, first started on our screens, and you know. If anything's taught, if anything has taught me anything in the last few years, is that life is very short, and you know he's probably lived a, a very full life. Don't get me wrong, but he still worked the whole time. Oh yeah. Like I think the man deserves to have a break and enjoy whatever time he has with whatever, um, you know, stable condition he has. Because yeah, know, I'm not a doctor, funnily enough, and you'll all be pleased to know that I'm not a doctor, <laughs> but. You know, a, a brain condition can change overnight. And, oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, fair play to him. I, you know, he's a fantastic actor, regardless of whether I like Die Hard or not. And, mm. you know, he hasn't been in the big Hollywood movies for a while. No. Um, so yeah, no, I, I wish him. I wish him all the best. Yeah, he, I if, think. If he listens to this, Bruce, go on, son. Enjoy <laughs> your time off. And it, I mean, I said earlier on, it sounds like it's permanent, but. From from the little I've read over the last few days, depending on the exact cause of it, it is something that can be treatable and and can improve over time. Okay. So it may well be that it's, it's, this isn't the end of it. You know, depending on what's caused in the first place and how quickly it's treated, etc. You know, he may, he may be back in a few years' time. Um, That'd be good. But but yeah, it certainly kind of explains now. The kind of the number of stuff he was putting out, and it probably explains why his performances weren't exactly the most kind of committed, let's say, over the last couple of years. Sure, sure. If he was struggling to remember his lines, there's there's a couple of places in in some of the films where you can see it looks like he's maybe wearing an earpiece and having lines fed to him and things like that. So if he's not kind of um, looking like he's invested in the role, that that's you know could explain why as well, but yeah, but sure. you're right. Is whether whatever you think of some of the films he's done, uh, and he's, he has made some 
some clunkers. Hmm. Um, he is a great actor, and he came along at a time. Yeah, you're right. He's been around for a long time, but he kind of his big break on on as an action star with with Die Hard. Before then, he'd been like kind of more of a, a comedy guy on TV. Had he done um, Pulp Fiction by Die Hard? No, Die, Pulp Fiction came after, didn't it? That's right. Pulp Fiction, I think, it was ninety four or ninety five, wasn't it? So, so yeah. that was after Die Hard. But he came along and managed to be an action star, a, a much more kind of everyman action star. Yeah, he wasn't stacked like your no. Schwarzeneggers, your Stallones. That's it. That's he was it. your average Joe. That's it, and far yeah. more believable for it. Can you imagine if Die Hard would have been Schwarzenegger? There would have mm. been absolutely no peril <laughs> at all. No, no. Like, he, of course he's going to kill all the bad guys. Of yeah, course. he's the Terminator. <laughs> yeah, whereas whereas at least with Bruce Willis, obviously he's the good guy, he's going to make it to the end, but you don't know how much of him is going to be left at the end. I, I still come back to the fact that it could have been Frank Sinatra, and it would have been even more believable that he was just an average <laughs> oh, yeah. dude yeah. <laughs> defeating uh, Hans Gruber. That's it. So, I remembered the names. <laughs> you did. Well, that's some... <laughs> so that's that's Brucey out of the way. Now that's a shame, but um, well, hopefully that's not the end of it. No, let's so let's I, move I guess... on to some nicer news. Well, yeah. Oh wait, I've just read the script. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> so that'll be the Oscars. Oh bloody hell! I know. What um, an e- did you watch it out of curiosity? I didn't. I stopped watching it live a long, long time ago. I think most of the world did, to be quite honest yeah. with you. But now everybody probably regrets not watching it live. <laughs> well, they probably do, don't they? Do um, you know, I went. To, I went to bed that evening, and uh, so that Sunday evening, woke up on Monday morning. First thing on Facebook. I mean, ah, uh, what happened, Mark? What happened? Well, Chris Rock, you know. Funny man, I like Chris Rock. He's not to everyone's taste. I I quite like him. He came on, let's say, went off script a little bit with some of his jokes, and he made a kind of fairly mean personal joke about Jada Pinkett. Keep Smith. her name out of your fucking mouth. Well, there we are, indeed. Um, all joking aside, uh, um, he didn't take that. Old Big Willie didn't take that. Uh, Big Willie, well. is that what his friends call him? <laughs> Big Willie style? You know, I heard that. I mean, I'd, I'm not going to Google that in case I get some interesting yeah, I mean, images, <laughs> mate. <laughs> but no, he, he didn't. He didn't take that too well. Um, strode right, up on another stage, and and what most people thought was a bit of a skit, uh, smacks the fuck out <laughs> out of Chris Rock. I have I have comments on that. Yeah. Because one, well, maybe we'll come back to, to, to finish this bit off with a bit of a serious end to it. Yeah. But a bit of me was, he got hit, you know, Chris Rock punched, da da da. No, he got slapped. It was open palm. Mm. And if Will, I was going to call it Will, I am. If Will <laughs> Smith wanted to put Chris Rock on his ass. Yeah, he could have. This is the man that played Muhammad Ali. Don't forget. Oh, oh yeah. who, and, and he's he's a fit man. He knows how yeah. how to look after himself. Yeah. If he wanted to put Chris Rock on his ass, he would have, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. But we'll come to whether it was right or wrong, maybe at the end. But I now okay. hear he's in big trouble, which is good, as he should be. Apparently, his mum got scared, and now he's got to go live with his auntie and uncle in Bel Air. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that joke's not been made for the last two weeks at all. No, well that's yeah. Let, let, let's just 
I mean, the, this is the the downside of recording a few days after is all the jokes are already covered. So let's just get them all. Finger in on there. the pulse. Um, no, no, you're right. I mean, it wasn't a punch, right? A punch would have absolutely knocked him on his ass. Um, but nevertheless, Will Smith is physically significantly bigger than Chris Rock, right? So I think even a slap um, would have would have. Um, I mean, and he looked fair. Chris Rock looked pretty shocked afterwards. He did, but he, what I will um, say is, again, whether it's right or wrong, is hmm. he he took it. He took it. He took it so well. And yeah. I'm not Chris Rock's biggest fan at all. Hmm. However, the professionalism that he showed, he didn't yeah. kick off. He delivered to. He carried on with the show. Must go oh, on, yeah. as they say. Yeah. Um, personally, <clears throat> I think there's better ways of handling. A bad joke um, directed at somebody that you care about. Yeah, but yeah, it was also tainted that the bloody bloke had to then go and collect his best actor. Yeah. Ugh. Well, you know, yeah. What the hell? I, I mean, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think next year they they just cut out all the the funny. Jokes and scripted stuff, and just go straight to a cage match <laughs> to decide the awards. Um, I think Scorsese and Nolan should both have a couple of uh, a new film out each uh, by then. And um, I know Scorsese is short, but I reckon he's a bit of a biter. So straight for the calves. Out. Straight for the calves. No, I, I think. Yeah, I, I think. First of all, I don't think he should have been given the award after that. I certainly don't think... Let's bring it back a bit further. Go on. I don't think... um, It's a joke about a medical condition, and I get the whole PC gone mad. I get that, and I get why comics are getting really irate about these things. But if somebody's come out and said, I've struggled with this, uh, with my femininity, um, you know, and she's being a big advocate for for alopecia, sufferers of alopecia in general, which is brill, don't then belittle it by taking the piss out of her when she wasn't in G.I. Jane. And I, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a tricky one because, you know, now he could have been completely unaware of of her kind of condition. Or, and he or, could have, or, yep. He could have, and he could have just gone, oh, there's a bald woman, G.I. Jane too, right? Sure, um, and, I, and, and, and I'm hoping that was the case. Yeah, I... I, I I have a feeling I'm I'm inclined to believe that's the case. Was it a shit joke? I mean, it was a shit joke. <laughs> I mean, let's not. I, I say I like Chris Rock, but but everyone's guilty of make, making shit jokes. I mean, um, we, we make we, we do them every couple of weeks, mate. I don't know what you mean. This is fucking gold. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think how to deal with that? Yeah, I I think Will Smith really. <sighs> Well, it was out of order. Uh, and then, by all accounts, apparently, he was asked to leave by the producers and refused to do so. And probably because he may have been told, you've got a Best Actor award coming up, my friend. Well, but, yeah, potentially. And then when he came on and gave his speech, he apologised to the Academy and his family. He didn't apologise to Chris Rock for another day or so. Mm. And then he tried to spin it as, look, I was just doing what the Williams girl's dad did. You know, yeah, it was I'm, the um, King Richard Life imitation, Imitates Art or something. That's right. You know, that, 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 that was like, oh, come on, mate. Sorry, you lost mate. You, you lost your temper yeah. and you slapped a guy. Yeah. That's okay. No, it's not okay, 
but it's okay to admit that. Don't it, try. It, I and... think if he'd played it of, uh, yeah, a, a case of saw red, acted inappropriately, mm-hmm. regret my actions. Sorry, Chris, mm-hmm. you shouldn't have made that joke. But mm-hmm. I shouldn't have reacted how I did, etc. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think if he'd have come out and just said that, still out of order. But at least he's not trying to make excuses and all this kind of shit. It's just I have like, genuinely lost a bit of respect for the man after that. I have massively, massively. But I but just, by saying that, I didn't have much respect for Chris Rock anyway. He's clearly good at what he does. He's just not my taste. Yeah, but exactly. I'm a yeah, exactly. I'm a Will Smith fan, and I will yeah. no longer get jiggy with it. <laughs> nah, I'm done. I'm done. Done with it. So so over the last week. There's obviously been loads of ill-informed nonsense has, has been said about this over the last week, so I'm glad that we managed to add add to that with our own, uh, 100%. Our own views. Thank you for listening to our uh, setting the, the story straight, I guess. is um, Yes. You know, we yeah. didn't watch it, we read about it, yeah. and uh, you now have our opinion on it, so you know, you're welcome, then, to internet. But, well, I was just the only one that matters. I agree, I agree. Because we've not just jumped straight in we could have done we've we digested done an, it we've, we, we could have done an emergency episode on monday <laughs> that kind of got straight in but no we waited for the facts yes waited for the for the different statements from different people so what you've got from us is is measured ill-informed i love it considered Moving on. ill-informed <laughs> been 20 gigs so, recently mark do you know, I've actually been to a couple over the last few weeks. Yes, thank you for asking. It's almost like you knew I had. Um, first one was uh, Shy Girl in Leeds. Uh, very good. Small A, a, a small affair. Um, not too many people there. Just some nice music. Not too long, but she's not kind of done that much yet in, in terms of music. She doesn't have a huge back catalogue. Um, but some good songs, good crowd, everyone friendly. Good. Um, and then uh, Slow Tie, which I understand you're not uh, too keen on, but uh, that was good. A lot, a lot busier. Um, uh, a lot more, let's say, energetic crowd. Um, they seem awfully young um, artists for you to be interested in. I am on the cutting edge when it comes to musical taste. I keep <laughs> my finger on the pulse of what the young folk are listening to. Sure. So, you know. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed. I'm glad you enjoyed what getting you back into the open. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm just, just, yeah, just again making a youth joke. Um, glad you're getting out there, you know, getting uh, getting shows in, because you never know when your last show might be. My carers don't mind as long as I'm home by midnight. <laughs> <laughs> God, midnight, that's, that's generous. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> How about you? Have you been to any, any yet? I have had my first gig of the year. Mm. Um, and again, those that know me know that I go to as many gigs as I can physically afford and go to. Um, if you want to follow me on setlist.fm, I'll get Mark to give you the link in the description, but you can just see what random shows I go to. But, um, basically, obviously COVID is still around and, uh, lots of shows that I had at the end of last year all got moved and cancelled and whatnot. So the first one of 2022 was a band called Royal Blood. Two piece from Brighton, just guitar and uh, bass guitar and drums. And they played uh, the arena uh, where I'm from. And it was phenomenal. Uh, support from the Amazons. I uh, don't think it was a sold out show, but it was just nice to be in a room. Everybody's there for the same reason. Um, 
and yeah, nice and loud. It was good. Mm-hmm. I like Royal Blood. Um, Phenomenal band. The first album I listened to endlessly. Um, the second one, not so much. Not not because I didn't like it, just you know, other stuff that always comes along. Um, but it's good that they're still around and and out there making mm. music. The, yeah. the, the third album, Typhoons, was uh, disco rock, I think it was described as. Oh, okay. And right. I'm, I love it. I mean, mm. again, as a musician, Mike Kerr, the bassist and singer, is just, he's got riffs up his sleeves for days. Mm. Mm. And yeah, the fact he can then sing it whilst playing it, ah, blows my little head. <laughs> Let's move on to telly. That's why we're telly, reading Telly, yeah. Let's go with it. Come on. Okay. After you. Okay. I'll let you kick off. Um, turned on Netflix one day in the last two weeks and forgot that Human Resources, the Big Mouth spin-off, was coming out. Mm. No pun intended. And it turns out it's out. Um, and I finished it in a weekend. <laughs> oh, wow. And so- gone. Well, I'd seen the trailer for this right. um, and thought it looked quite good. Okay. Didn't didn't realise for some reason that it was a Big Mouth spin-off. Okay. So I guess context for our listeners, if you haven't watched Big Mouth, Big Mouth is a adult animated comedy, essentially about puberty. And all the kids that are going through puberty and growing up have hormone monsters that help them through certain things. Um, it's incredibly graphic. Um but it's animated so they could get away with it. And Human Resources basically follows the various monsters that exist in this world. So the Hormone Monster, the Shame Wizard, um, Depression <laughs> Kitty, um, Anxiety Mosquito, I think it is. But there's mm. a few new ones. Logic Rock was a personal favourite, played by Randall Park. Ah, oh, hilarious. Okay. Right, okay. And, oh, a Hugh Jackman was in it, which I'll never look at the man again. It looked the same way right. I did. And I love you, Jackman. Okay. Um, it's I I think I preferred Human Resources. Oh right, okay. Because I think Big Mouth, you know, the shock factor wears off eventually. Yeah. And then you just think oh, I really shouldn't be finding this amusing or funny. Mm. Mm. But Human Resources follows the monsters and the monsters' problems and stuff, and it was really fun. Oh right, yeah. That as I say, the trailer looked good. I didn't realise it was a spin-off, but I did like the look of the trailer, so I'll definitely give that one a watch. And there's some returning voices, so you've got um. Maya Rudolph uh, playing Connie. Yeah. Uh, and um, Nick Kroll playing everybody else, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good fun. It was good fun. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, now, it says on here, Bridgerton Season 2. Yes, sir. Why is that on there? Um, because I am in a very happy relationship and I choose all the other television. So that's that's the, that's the sacrifice that you make. <laughs> no, I joke. Um, the first series I remember watching, and it was all right. And then mm. I was a bit. I was then interested that this series follows um, the Viscount, who's the eldest son of the Bridgerton family. Right. So I was like, do you know what? I I need to find out what happens to this bloke because I liked his character in the first series. It was okay. It's a lot less sexy than series one. Um. But uh, what else do you want me to say? It's it's a period drama from Shonda Rhimes. Of I mean, you're the one who put it on there. So. Yeah, I did. Basically, I just wanted to let people know that I'm diverse. You know, you've got me talking about here's a series full of horny monsters that's animated, mm. but then also period drama and horny humans. But mm. eh, yeah, it's it's not one I've ever had any 
urge to watch, really. Um, I don't blame you. I, I mean, I know it's been... Yeah, it's been a big hit for Netflix, hasn't it? So, Huge. Um, and I guess... I guess it appeals to similar audiences, Downton Abbey and things like that, maybe. Um, it's funny you should ask, because I've never watched a single episode of Downton Abbey. Okay. Um, but I'm, I'm a Grey's Anatomy fan, and Shonda, whose co- uh, company Shondaland's producing Bridgerton. Oh, all right. Um, I thought, I'll give it a go. Okay, okay. Eh, well, you know, watch it if you well, don't. Whatever. Now on, now on to something we've definitely both seen, finally made its way to the UK, is Peacemaker. Do you really want, do you really want to taste it? Oh. Yeah, okay. What a uh, series. So just set the scene. This is a, a spin-off um, stroke semi-sequel to James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, which is the second and good Suicide Squad film that came out last year uh, and basically he went straight from production on that into this so as the name suggests it follows the character of Peacemaker played by John Cena along with a couple of people from Amanda Waller's team mm. um, back for, back at the Suicide Squad head office I guess. The continuity um, of that was brilliant I want to really well drop done, in there. Really well done. Um, it kind of just, yeah, it kind of picks up right from the end of the Suicide Squad, doesn't it? And just yeah, get just lands on its feet and starts running from there. It was um, phenomenal. Introduces uh, some great new characters. The it's James Gunn. I mean, the Suicide Squad is a fantastic film anyway, yeah, but yeah, this yeah. is just James Gunn unleashed basically <laughs> what I uh, I struggled um, with is um, Robert Patrick from Terminator 2 fame and lots of other things but T-1000 yeah. he plays um, a character who turns out to be well he's a white supremacist doesn't turn out yeah. he's a white supremacist and I really struggled watching him play such a I mean I say watch a horrible such a horrible character he played a mm. murdering machine but yeah that's that's not real racists are yeah <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah it's I, I couldn't stop watching it. Like, yeah, and I yeah. didn't skip the intro any time. Nope, every single time that that was on. And, and you, I thought, sorry, before, keep why keep the keep that in the head. Yeah. Um, the song is played by a band called Wigwam, mm-hmm. and it was coming on. It was playing, and I, I looked at my other half. And went, oh, I know this band. Anyway, it went on Spotify as you all do, you, you kids mm. with your streaming services, and. Turns out Wigwam were a Eurovision winner back in the oh, day. Right. And right. I remember having their music on my iPod, remember those? Oh, um, right. And I was like, oh yeah, no, this band, yeah, yeah. But they're no longer a band. <laughs> oh, they're not? No, spoiler well, alert. They, well, yeah, to crush your dreams, they split up about 10 years ago, I think. Well, I, I feel a reforming. Uh, maybe it, was, it was so good. Um but it's just it, it's everything is just right. The the tone of the comedy is on the one hand extremely vulgar and childish. Yep. But when it needs so, to be serious, I think it's done yeah really well. Uh, uh, and kind of the the violence is like splattery and gory when it needs to be. The action's great. John Cena. I mean, what a guy. He has got such a talent for comedy, right? In Fast and Furious 9, I did not buy him at all as a serious villainous threat. But in, in the Suicide Squad, in this... Have you have you seen a film called Blockers? Uh, yeah. 
the, about the parents trying to stop their daughters. Yeah, I thought it was quite funny actually. Party. And he, he's it. in that, right? He plays one of the dads. He's brilliant in that. I think if he stops trying to be just a straightforward action star and concentrates on like the comedy side of things, I genuinely think he's got a fantastic career because there's some of the stuff he does in this. Just he's just funny in his delivery. It's just timing of it is yeah, the exactly. Timing is great. Delivery. And and you see, look, watching some of the outtakes, and see his ad libs just go on forever, and he keeps going without cracking up. I, I like and him. I like him. Th- there's some of the stuff he does where he's kind of very a real lack of self consciousness. There's a scene where he's dancing around in his tighty whities, right, and it's like crap dancing, <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's so a lack of any kind of care, care. I, I really, I, I, I thought he was great in in Blockers. I thought he was great in Suicide Squad, but in this, absolutely nailed on. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping what that it gets renewed. It might already have been. I don't know about it, but mm. it was very good. And it was brilliant. Again, uh, I got very excited after seeing it for Guardians Three. And the see what James Gunn comes up with next. Yeah. yeah, and going back to Marvel. But then I was also thinking, if Marvel ever let James Gunn loose on a character like Deadpool, the type of film we'd get from him would be yeah. amazing. Yeah, and and you know, there's some of the, we may see maybe not on the film side, but on the TV side. Obviously, now Disney Plus, a kind of you can certainly in the UK at least you can get Deadpool on Disney Plus. Sure. Obviously, Moon Knight is is a more mature. I think that's a 16 rated on on. It Disney's is 16 plus. I, I clocked that myself. So it may be that they don't give him a. I can't imagine any of the mainstream MCU films being over a PG-13 or a 12, but they may well go to James Gunn, look, is there anything you want to do on a TV series Mm. on Disney Plus where we can push it a little bit more? And obviously now they've got the the Netflix stuff on there, haven't they? Yeah, sure. So, so yeah, absolutely. I think if if he was interested in, in, in looking at some of those more, I think what he's really good at, and, and he did it in the Suicide Squad. Is is picking some really obscure characters because and and doing something with them. I mean, basically, he said when he was given the Suicide Squad film, he was allowed to pick any characters he wanted, and he didn't go necessarily for the the well known ones. Polka Dot Man, obviously Harley Quinn and so on, but but he could just go off and he just picked. So if Marvel came to him and says, right. Here's a load of characters. Yeah, Pick fit, what you want. Fit, fit them in somehow, but just do a thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that'd be great. I'd love to see him unleashed with Marvel as well as DC. But it looks like he's got a really good kind of relationship with both now. Yeah. After being is, fired from Disney and then rehired. So. Yeah. But what a position to be in where... Feet, up, feet in both camps, it's important, yeah. especially as a director yeah. where you know the studio goes, we're going a different direction now. Okay, well, I've got another job at another studio. Cheers, guys. Absolutely, yeah. No, I think that's fantastic. But no, I, 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 it was a shame we had to wait so long to get it, um, but well worth the wait. Well worth the wait. Well worth the wait. So, are you still watching Picard? I am. I'm up to date, if you are. I am. Cool. Oh, yeah. So this may this is a spoiler alert for all those Picard fans who may not be real fans if they're not up to date. We're talking here about the episode from Friday the first of the April. Most recent one which is out at time of recording. Correct. Which yes. at time of recording is Monday the fourth. 
Yes. So, oh my god, am I still not really sure where it's going? Yeah. But I'm, I mean, I'm, but not I'm invested. I want to caveat that with I'm still invested. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I'm not going to go spoilery deep on the specifics of the episode. I think it, it is, as you say, yeah, we're still kind of like, okay, where's this heading? Where's it going? Obviously, there's the time travel element, which has been done before, but they're, they're doing okay with it. Um, I think my problem with it, aside from the the interest in what's happening story-wise, is a problem I've got with Discovery at the moment. Now, I've not finished the latest season of Discovery. I've still got a few episodes to I've get. not seen any of it, for the record. Just want to... I've not watched Any of Discovery, Discovery at, all. at all? No. Uh, tell a lie. First two episodes, didn't really get it. Stopped. But I, now I fell, fell in love with Star Trek after watching Next Gen and stuff. Okay. I'm going to go okay. back into it. It's just I finding have... the time. That's fair enough. I've... Up until this season, Discovery, I think, may well have been my favourite Star Trek show. There's a couple of things that each that both of these shows are doing at the minute. Now, this don't mistake this for me complaining about workery, right? I'm not. That's that's we've been through this kind of thing before. You said it. Now, watch the trolls come out their dungeons, Mark's yeah, woke. Anyway, carry on. Well, oh, and I, no, rather don't don't take this as me being anti woke, right? Because one of the things that Star Trek has always done has it's always done representation really well. I completely okay. agree with you. So Uhura as a major black female character, first interracial kiss on television, on American television at least. Uh, they've had, you know, they've used alien races as metaphors, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, for acceptance and racism and genocide and all yep, that kind yep, of yep, thing. Yep, yep. And they've always done a really good job with it. This season of Picard and this season of Discovery feels like they're just going really like thuddingly heavy on it. Okay. So okay. for example, example, so there was the bit where Rios is injured and he's been helped in the local community health centre. Yeah. And there's a raid by the immigration enforcement team. And it's a... You know that they want to say something important about immigration mm-hmm. and people coming to America and all that kind of thing. They they've got a, they they've got something important to say. And in Discovery, there's there's been a a, a kind of storyline that's been going on for a couple of seasons regarding, um, I guess what you would call a, a trans character. Okay. Uh, and there's a which uh, and there's a couple of trans actors who are involved in that storyline okay. okay but it it and again that's fine that's cool it's what star trek has been doing for decades but it just seems it feels and comes across as so forced not even forced unsubtle I'd argue that is forced. I, I, I guess forced, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, you know I, I, I know, mean? I know where you're coming from. I mean, again, I haven't seen Discovery to make a comment, but mm. I know um, Wonder Woman 1984. I feel suffered with that, with right um, forcing the message that all men are bastards. Yeah, we know that. Unfortunately, yeah. men are bastards. But I don't, <laughs> I don't need a two and a half hour film to keep reminding me of that. Yeah, um, yeah, I get it. And, and it, it's a shame because, like I say, it's something that Star Trek has always done, right? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. been for that kind of inclusivity and, and all that representation thing, and it's done it so well over the years. 
but these these two recent ones they don't detract from the main overall arc of the season right that's fine that story is still going on and i'm still interested to see where the story goes on both shows mm. but then there's these like thudding like just it's, it's the heavy-handed arc that they want yeah, you to remember the... what they're doing yeah it kind of screech less so in in picard because mm. the, the the story's kind of moved on from that now sure but there was certainly that episode in a bit with an important thing to say Whereas in Discovery, it's kind of spread through the whole show. And every time there's a scene that picks up this particular storyline with this particular character, it just feels like it screeches to halt. And and I don't know what necessarily they could do different, because it is about that character and that character's arc, right? But it just feels very unsubtle. That's fair. Um, I I also think that's fair to say. That's not a criticism on on what the content is. It's just there's better no. ways of doing the that. Act, the actors are great, right? Don't get me wrong. Both of the actors involved in this character's storyline, they are fantastic. and, and they're well, well, to me, it's the same and... with Do- Doctor Who. Mm. You know, the recent Doctor Who series, which I ended up stopped watching because it was annoying me, mm. was... Oh, my belly rumbled, excuse me. Um, oh, it's still going. There we go. <laughs> what happened with the most recent Doctor Who series was there was a point that the writers wanted to get across and Jodie Whittaker, a fantastic actress, mm, I think mm. just had crap script. Yeah. And Russell T. Davis was very good at getting certain points across, especially in Torchwood. That was quite yeah. obvious as well. But yeah. it was just a way of delivering it rather than just, here's our point still. Here's our point yeah. again. Look, or, here's and the here's the next half of the point. Just in case you missed it. Yeah. Yeah. Applause. Yeah, and it's a shame because, like I say, un- until the recent season, Discovery, I, th- I think, has probably been my favourite show, and the first two or three episodes of Picard were fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It got off to. I'm, a st- really I'm still loving it. Start. And there's, yeah. I'm enjoying there's a certain it, scene in this episode which just gave me the creeps, like the lady who's playing the Borg Queen. Mm-hmm. We warned you about a spoiler. Um, it is an Alice Kurge, Kridge, Alice Kridge. Krieg. Krieg, thank you. Been spelling that, saying that wrong for years. Um, <laughs> it's not her, but it could be. And she's got mm. that menacing aura about her that Alice had. Yeah. And there's just oh, some really horrible body horror stuff going on. It's awesome. Mm. I love it. You're wrong, Mark. Yeah. No, don't get me wrong. The overall storyline, I'm still invested in. I still want to kind of see what happens but they just kind of every now and then yeah I did the the the, the stuff with Rios in, in this season to a couple of episodes ago just felt so unsubtle and forced that's fair enough I mean um, I, I I argue it does fit the storyline of the future they come from without giving too much away so yeah. I get it yeah but I know where you're coming from yeah how okay. about how about a jingle go on then it's time for topic topics of the week. Okay, so this episode we are gonna talk about franchises. Mm-hmm. So I think we've covered a few different ones over the time, and we kind of we both got our favourites and, and others that aren't so favourite. But I think this is more about the franchises that have either kept on going 
and, and kept the quality up to maybe a surprising degree. And some that have outstayed their welcome in my eyes. Very much, <laughs> very much so. Uh, there's definitely some that know when to quit, right? And there's sure. some that just do not know, <laughs> do not know when to quit. <laughs> so shall we start off on a positive note or a negative note? I mean, I guess I think we should add some context around what what we mean by franchises i guess so maybe mm-hmm. uh, film series you know that have spawned spin-offs and you know films that are you know there's 10 in the series or saga um yeah. you know not necessarily things that are massively marketable with toys and everything but mm. you know film franchise series maybe um well the one that's quite topical at the moment i suppose is the fantastic beasts Trilogy, yeah. yeah, that's that's due out any any day uh, now, isn't it? Yeah, and I think <clears throat> so. We'll start with you know good franchises. Now, when Harry Potter came out, what twenty one years ago now? I think it was something like that. Yeah, yeah, it was groundbreaking, and mm-hmm. you know it spawned eight films from seven books, mm-hmm. where the quality was more or less upheld throughout, even though it changed directors and different styles I think the most you could, part you, you could argue the quality improved as it went on well so, certainly it, with it part helped three. me sell the point that it was a good franchise mm, mm. Um, and you know in, in terms of marketing let's say what you like about J.K. Rowling um, in recent news is she's mm. cr- held her creative stamp on it and you know there's this big talk a uh, big rumour sorry that she laughed Disney out of the room Mm. when they told her what they'd like to do as part of the theme park plans. Oh, right. And then she went to Universal Studios and they went, we're going to give you a whole land and you can have creative sign-off. She went, all right then. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And she literally did sign off every last bit. Okay. Um, Okay. So for me, Harry Potter, yeah, good franchise. Mm. And then the Fantastic Beasts spin-off, obviously set in the Wizarding World. Mm. Uh, First one was okay. Mm. And then the second one, didn't enjoy, and the third one I think is getting a slating. Well, I've read a couple of reviews, and I, I don't know if I go so far as to say it's getting a slating, but it's certainly not. Things are not improving. Let's say, as the series goes on, I, I think. I think if, if we talk about the Harry Potter stuff specifically at this point, sure. Warner Brothers kind of committed to that, right? I think as they were making the first film, I think she was doing the fourth or fifth book, right? She knew what the end point was. She knew how many books there would be and she could kind of go to them and say, look, this is the arc over all the books. They committed to at least two films because they started filming the second one before the first one had been released. Yes. They built they built sets to last, right? The Great Hall set had, you know, a, a real stone floor, you know, flagged paving floor. You know, I mean, it was built to last for ten years or however long it might take. Um, and they obviously got Chris Columbus in to do the first couple, kind of child-friendly director, good at working with kids, good at making family-friendly films and then they made a really smart choice with the third film of getting a different director in a more it was from more mature filmmaking background let's say took you know darkened the tone a little bit 
and the kind of tone of the films grew up with the characters. Well, this I remember back in back when they were first coming out. I remember my mum saying they surely won't keep the same actors, right? Mm. And amazingly, it worked, and they it did. did. And I'm glad they did. A few had to be substituted. Um, sure, you know, um, who am I thinking of? Uh, Professor Flitwick. Uh, they, they changed. They changed some characteristics in some. Not Professor yeah. Flitwick at all. They changed some correct characteristics, but then it stuck. Well, obviously, they had to change. They had to replace Richard Harris, of course, who played Dumbledore in the first two. But yeah, they, they really committed. They, you know, in terms of the infrastructure, they built kind of studios from the ground up with with sets that were built to last they had the cast was kind of not guaranteed for every film but they stuck around the main um, characters did the main, they, for the main yeah. characters yeah um and on the whole it stuck the landing by the time it got to the last film they they had done something that had never been done before I suppose you're right really i mean yeah you know, I mean, I know New Line committed to making three Lord of the Rings films all at once, right? Which at its time was unprecedented. I mean, but, three versus eight. But this is it. Yeah. You know, and and they really kind of... I, I don't think they ever said, yes, we're going to make all of them, but certainly they committed to the first two. Yeah. And and they kept on going, and the, the quality on the whole kind of really kept up I think it was, seven... it was maintained and I think even yeah. going back to the first one 20 years old it still holds up pretty well you know oh, it CG has evolved but yeah yeah you know the the likes of um I mean Dobby was in the second film don't forget mm. and it mm. still looks quite good it does and I I watched them all oh, it's maybe a year or so ago right it was probably um, around Christmas on ITV let's face it mm. and, and... And they do hold up. They really work as a series of films as you follow the characters. Obviously, the kids getting older, and the, and you know they've got this whole cast of British legends, acting royalty coming, <laughs> yeah. coming and going through the different films. You know, whereas Fantastic Beasts is there was no book, right? Fantastic Beasts is based on a fictional book. I was going to say, it's based on a textbook that exists in the Wizarding World. That's right, that the kids are learning from. So it's a fictional character within that world and a book that they are meant to have written. So there's no huge, big... They're they're kind of... Because I think when they first announced it, did they announce they were going to make six films? Well, Fantastic Beasts? Yeah. Well, do you know, I don't know, but I hope not. I, I think that was the original intention. I'm sure they said the plan was for... Maybe not six, right? But they, they, they announced a number of films before the first one had even been made. They said, we're going to make a series. And it's like, yeah, that that's that's ballsy, right? When, when all you've got is this mention of a book written by somebody in another book. Uh, you and sure. you've got to create a whole thing out of that. And they're clearly struggling. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I don't think it helped that obviously Johnny to call him Johnny Vegas. That'd be different. <laughs> Monkey, get me that <laughs> wand. Um, I didn't think. I don't think that obviously the the Johnny Depp saga, let's call it, um, has helped because they've had no. to recast. I mean, granted, they've casted Mads Mikkelsen, Mads Mikkelsen, who's incredible. I mean. They could have done that the first time round and saved themselves a lot of trouble, right? I mean, that's like seems pretty perfect casting if you want a, a bad guy. 
Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, um, I, I, I will go see Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. However, I'm not holding up much hope. Oh, w- will you actually go and see it? I think I will, you know. Um, wow. Uh, my wife said earlier, I was going to ask you if you wanted to go see it after I was slagging it off. Um, so I'll probably go okay. see that in the, in the, in the theatre. I'm not going to go see more okay. because that's for sure. No, fuck no. So again, I, franchises that are amazing, the MCU, we don't need to cover that, do we? We don't, we don't. But then, I mean, if we're talking about spin-offs, right, we could look at Venom and Morbius as, as Sony spin-offs. Granted. That are trying to, if not, well, to a lesser or greater degree, Perhaps not directly link themselves with the but, MCU, but capitalize off the MCU success. Yeah, maybe. from the studio that brought you Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, here's a piece of shit vampire film. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So like, they're it's certainly Twilight trying with Jared Leto. To, if, if people mistakenly think it's an MCU film, Sony wouldn't be disappointed in that, right? Sure. Sony aren't going to correct them, um, <laughs> and. It's made a fair amount of money, unfortunately. I have seen the statistic, and it's it's a bit had a sad. decent opening weekend. It's really sad because at, at some point, I'm just hoping that Jared Leto makes the film and just eventually realizes no one gives a shit about him. I I, just... I think I've been on record before saying I don't like Thirty Seconds to Mars. I don't mm. like Jared Leto. Mm. I think he's an okay actor, and there's, I yeah. watch him in things, but I don't yeah. like him as a person. There's the, there's the I don't know if it's a rumor or an item of news. I you know I haven't really read into it that he stayed in character in Morbius and used crutches everywhere. I think yeah. he stayed in character. What do you go around being a fucking vampire for the whole film? No, it's a bit different. A dickhead, he'd just be a dickhead. And then it was like I oh, he he then um they arranged that he would be pushed in a wheelchair to the toilet. I mean that's just yeah. insulting. I'd make him stand there and piss himself. <laughs> I think in terms I mean, that's of a his bit harsh. His his Joker gets a lot of shit, and rightfully so, but that's okay. Rightfully so, but I think he he got a shitty deal there because you've already had two pretty iconic Jokers with Jack Nicholson and Heath Ledger. I'm glad you mentioned Jack Nicholson there. And it, I mean, he's my Joker, right? Fair enough. And it's it's like, where else do you go from there? Yeah, Where yeah, else do you go from there? So I get this whole kind of his, what would you call it? I don't know, hip-hop joker with his all his tattoos and his grills and everything. That's well, modern, the modern joker. Yeah, I, I get that there's not many other places to go. If ghetto anything... The hood, the hood joker, the ghetto joker, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, do you know, it's, it's like he didn't have many options. So I, I didn't think his version of joker was that bad but the film didn't help his laugh was shit and that was enough for me. his laugh was shit if it had been i could have seen that version of joker in a better film sure right? um, and in fact i think his version that he did for the Zack snyder justice league it was a bit more in, toned in briefly at the end but yeah as you say toned down a little bit yeah was better Okay. But this has turned into a Jared Leto discussion, and, and Let, that's let's the last move, thing let's anyone move on needs. Maybe from that. Let's, yeah. let's stick with another good one. And I, now I put this in our notes because I'm I'm a big fan of this franchise, and mm. it's going to be coming back to our screens because recently Spider-Man director John Watts is to produce a Final Destination relaunch. Although it's coming, it's an HBO Max film. Uh huh. Not a cinema one, which is cool because you know. 
It is it's, cool, but I also do fine. wonder if they'll not simulcast it, but you know what I mean. Do, a, do a, a launch. Thing. Yeah, they might do. They might well do. Now, there are five Final Destination films. That's right. Uh, one is sort of a prequel, but that's mm-hmm. a pretty cool reveal. Spoiler alert. Mm. Um, <laughs> and, you know, that started back in 99 or 2000, I think it was. And to be quite honest, it was a horror film that had never been done before. Mm. You know, it dived into the mythos of death has a plan. And mm. to be quite honest, none of them were particularly groundbreaking other than practical effects. And it was a sort of new killer. <laughs> Ironically, it was they, death. They were just, they were fun, weren't they? Just like, how, how is the gonna next kill person going to die? Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. which again, I don't want to stay on Final Destination too much because they got a bit drawn out, but they were fun and you knew mm. what you were going to get. But mm. the whole, how is it going to kill someone ties quite nicely into the dragged out thing. Uh, sorry, the dragged, a dragged out franchise of Saw. Now, I'm a massive Saw fan. I mm-hmm. really, really, mm-hmm. really am. Yeah, me too. And it pains me to say it's dragged out, but think about it. We had, you know, up to Saw, the final chapter, or Saw 3D, whatever you want to call it. Mm. And then they did Jigsaw, which was mm-hmm. neither a reboot nor a sequel. It was sort of just mm. in the same world. Yeah, there were links to the previous ones, but it was like a kind of more or less a standalone story. Sure. And then we now have Spiral from The Book of Saw, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which, if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert, it does end with an obvious, there's going to be another one. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we're now again, probably 20 odd years down the line. Mm. The main killer (laughs) dies in film three. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And... Yeah. Again, it's t- it just turned into a splatterfest of how the hell can they kill someone else? Yeah, I I thought the the original series, the first seven films, I thought you had two great trilogies. Obviously, the the, the first three kind of finished off the the John Kramer story, right? Yeah. And then you had the second three were kind of the the copycat killer, let's say, taking uh-huh. over. As Jigsaw, and then you had the seventh film that just kind of wrapped it all up and and, and, and it did tied wrap it, it up really nicely, actually. It did, it and I'm annoyed. Like it... I'm annoyed by that. Yeah, <laughs> because it was but a it... real nice. Remember the last six films you sat through? Well, this is the end game that you that, were hoping for. That's it, and I thought that worked really well as two decent trilogies, and then one thing just to wrap it all up, tie it all together in a neat little bow. I thought Jigsaw was fine. Yeah, it was. It was I like fine. the concept of, of, yeah, of yeah. it. Spiral. Um, mm. I like the idea behind it. You know that this is the world in which Jigsaw has been dead for years, and now have we got a copycat? What's going on? And but it didn't quite pull it off. I think it was. I think we've spoken about it before, either in mm. podcast or on the website in general. But I found. I was, you know, you. if it's got sore attached, you have an idea of what you're going to get from it. Yeah. And yeah. maybe it's just because I hadn't been to the cinema for two years because it was the first thing I saw when mm. cinemas reopened. Mm. Um, I was expecting more splat and I didn't get enough of that. I found they, were, they, yeah. they shied away a little bit from it, which was disappointing to me. A little bit. No, that's that's fair. That's fair. But, you know, hell, if they make another one, of course I'm going to go see it. Yeah, Even definitely. if it is Chris Rock and he's going to be slapping the shit out of other people. Who knows? 
So I think there's another one that's kind of dragged itself out now is, is I think, the Fast and Furious. Or the um, Fast and the Waste of Time, I remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but unfortunately, we can't slag it off too much because it has brought in something like over $1.5 billion of revenue. Oh, at least. I mean, wasn't that just one of the films was over a billion dollars? No, oh, they, maybe. It, it's, yeah, it's, it's been a huge series. I think I think the, it was in danger of kind of going a bit off the rails until the fifth film. And I think the bringing in Dwayne Johnson really just kicked it up a gear. I thought he was a fantastic addition. I think it's also keeping Vin Diesel in a job as well, you know. Well, yeah, someone's got to, I suppose. <laughs> um, I thought the Hobbs and Shaw spin-off was fun. Um, obviously, barely related to the main series, but but a fun spin-off for 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 um, Statham and, and Dwayne Johnson. I thought the 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 last main film, Fast Nine, was pretty bad. Right. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it or not. I've not but... seen a single Fast and the Furious film, and I'll, I'll, I'll well, I've been on one of the rides. I said okay. I've been on one of. I've been on. The, well, I've been on one of the rides. There's multiple in the world. Okay. I went, I went on um, Fast and Furious Supercharged at okay. Universal Orlando Resort, and I'm not kidding. It was. And I've and I've been on some really shit things in my time. Yeah. It was the worst ten minutes. There was no queue, and it was still <laughs> right. shit. Oh wow! Okay. Like, I thought the yeah. films were incoherent from what I've read, but this was even worse. The films, you know, the the first one is fine, right? The first one, it's an undercover cop. It's like imagine Point Break. Have you seen Point Break? No, this is not going well, Mark. Okay, it's about an undercover cop uh, who goes on. He's, he's sent on a mission. I don't know if that's the right word. He's sent on a job to infiltrate a gang of street racers who are also hijacking trucks and stealing stuff, right? So it's a straightforward thing. You've they got sound to go like in. naughty crims. Yes, yeah, I mean, it's a straightforward story, right? He's just got to go in, infiltrate the gang, prove himself to them, you know, etc., etc. And that's fine. The second film follows him and not Vin Diesel, right? That So that kind of it suffers a little bit from, from not having Vin Diesel, and I never thought I would say those words, that a film suffers from not having Vin Diesel in. But, you know. <laughs> Third one, Tokyo Drift. Personally, I really love, because it's got nothing to do with any of the other ones, so you think at the time. But they then retcon later in the series, they retcon Tokyo Drift back into the main storyline. In quite a neat way, to be fair. Um, and then it kind of goes on from there. And then, as I say, Dwayne Johnson comes in in the fifth film. I think the fifth and the sixth are the best of, in the whole series. They just get the tone perfect. They, they just get it spot on. Just ridiculous, fun, action-packed, brilliant. The seventh cool. obviously suffers because Paul Walker died while they were making it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and it does feel very kind of um, the how they did it on a technical level, how they finished it is extraordinary, right? If you're not looking for it, you won't see the joins kind of thing. Um, but it does feel a little bloated, like maybe they had to pad out the storyline to 
almost fit in the scenes that they needed to finish the film that now that they didn't have Paul Walker, if you know what I mean. It just feels a little bloated. The eighth and the ninth, they just no, they're just not yeah, very good. Yeah, okay. Not very I'm still good. not gonna watch it. <laughs> well, that's fair, that's fair, that's fair. Um how about Star Trek? Again, it's interesting. you know, Star Trek changed I mean, of course, it started off as a television show. Um, mm. And it changed sci-fi. It influenced um, technology in my eyes. And mm. as part of my dissertation um, for my undergraduate studies, I wrote about um, artificial intelligence. But part of that was how AI has influenced popular culture. So I do talk about like Terminator and you know com- robots going wrong. Um, and one part I did talk about was how sci-fi influenced technology. So flip phones, for example... You know, you look in Star Trek, some of the gear they have back then in the 60s, we then had as real pieces of tech. Yeah. So, you know, holographic things and VR heads, headsets, sets for your head, you know, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. surely influenced the tech world. Um, you know, so Star Trek has spawned umpteen series across uh, for over the last 60 odd years. Several film franchise, film sagas. You've got well, the originals. Say, I mean, you've got the next gen guys. And if we're talking about franchises, right? We've got three separate film franchises. So that, what's that? The Abrams world, the original, and the next gens. Yep. Okay. Then you've got the original series on TV. You got there was en- an animated series. There's Enterprise in there somewhere. Yeah. There's, next well, gen. There's next next gen. Voyager. Deep Space Nine. Voyager. Enterprise. Then there's Discovery. Lower Decks. Lower Decks, Which is brilliant. Um, um, Strange New Worlds, which is starting soon. And Picard. Soon. Picard. Isn't there another one? Star Trek, like a Starfleet Academy thing. Oh, not, I would. I thought that was Lower Decks, but I might be getting confused. There's been a few, f- few games done. Like, I know there was Bridge Commander, which was like a VR experience. Um, I never played it, but it looked pretty cool. Mm. Um as a few like mobile play games to do with Fleet Command, um, but it's not slowing down. They have announced Abrams's fourth. They have, they have. So it's still going, right? And it's yeah. Still, it's, well, Star of course Trek it's still Prod- going. Sorry, Star Trek Prodigy. Okay. Is another animated one. I've heard um, of that. But it's not like a. Doesn't appear to be like a, a comedy thing, like Lower Decks. It's more of a kind of kids adventure kind of animation it's a bit like Camp Jurassic was for the Jurassic I, side I guess, yeah. also good franchise hey yeah. um, so yeah so Star Trek you've got there's more than a dozen different cinema and TV versions or, or spin-offs whatever you want to call mm, them yeah um, and on the whole I think they're probably one of the better ones in terms of because they don't drag each one individual one out for too long You've you've got a fresh set of characters every few years. Yeah, and I think the continuity between, especially maybe between the Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager, mm-hmm. the continuity is pretty decent. You 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 know when and where they're set, and sometimes you know they do overlap slightly. Yeah, but I think where Picard is being quite clever at the moment is it's hinting at past series but not being really blunt about it yeah yeah um 
and you know the, the lower deck stuff can sit on its own quite nicely and it references mm. the next gen the voyager folk mm. but I, I i don't know i think it doesn't for the, those series it doesn't matter that they're not in the same style by the same studio or same directors and what i not i don't know no i think i think they're fine I, what i like about the, the star trek stuff is is as i say you get Every couple of years, or whenever they, there's a new series, you get a different. It might be a different style. One might be more, because for example, Discovery is certainly a bit more adult skewed, right? Uh, and well, Picard is as well. If you think in terms of the language, you know, obviously there's Effin and Jeffin in them now that that wasn't there previously. You've got lower decks if you want your comedy version. Do you know what I mean? So I, I think they, they by doing different ones, it keeps it fresh. Yeah, you're absolutely you right. Know. You're absolutely right. Uh, and as you say, they've, they've announced a fourth Abrams verse film. Fantastic, because I think that cast is brilliant. Well, it's um, missing one of its strongest actors, if you ask me. Well, it is. But there's nothing we can do about that. Yeah. But but on the whole, I thought I think that series has has worked really well. The second one, Into Darkness, wasn't I quite it. as good. But I, I enjoyed it. But it wasn't quite as 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 good. But I think on the whole, I, I I really liked Star Trek Beyond the third one. I thought that was great. I liked the Beastie Boys segment, and that was about it. Yes, <laughs> oh, fair enough. Fair a bit, enough. I think I think they capitalised on a bit of Guardians in that sense, with you know a the, the, the music was yeah. part of it. No, that's fair, actually. That That's a fair comment, yeah. Um, okay, now, I think Star Wars as well is one that's... You can class the whole nine-film Skywalker saga, or you could talk about individual trilogies. And then you've got the spin-offs in terms of the Rogue One and Solo and Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, and now we've got... Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi and Ahsoka coming and, and, and others. So, I, again, that's the one where there's been varying quality amongst those. Agreed. But it's like, well, if you're not keen on this one, don't worry because there's this one coming soon. Or if you don't like the prequels, that's fine because you've got the originals there and the sequels there and vice versa. Yeah. So I think, I think they're doing generally a good job of exploring the wider universe. Well, now they the star- are now. They are now, yeah. They weren't because it was Skywalker, Skywalker, Skywalker. Okay. Yeah. yeah. With the likes of um, Mando, Boba, and Kenobi, that they're still exploring that to a degree. You know, they're mm. in that era. But isn't there an Old Republic series coming at some point? Something like that. You yeah. know, it, yeah. they're now starting to edge away from the Skywalker canon, which is good in my eyes because we've had yeah. that for the last forty years. Yeah. And I think. Dave Filoni and John Favreau should, ha- uh, I was going to say man, but I don't like that phrase, captain the next trilogy of Star Wars movies. Mm. Mm. I think Dave or John should now be head of Lucasfilm. You know, they should have the, the they should be maybe the, the creative directors, right? Okay, fair the, enough. You know, let's put it that way. Uh, the... The, in terms of the overall direction and and sure, whatnot okay. of of the, any films I'll and take things, that. yeah, I, but I agree. I think some of the issues that the Star Wars films have had has been um, a lack of nerve. 
there's that. In terms of trying things new, you look at what happened with Solo, right? Where they get they get Lord and Miller, right? Christopher Lord and is it Phil Lord and Christopher Miller or Christopher Lord right. and Phil Miller? One or the Lord and Miller. These are the guys who did Twenty One and Twenty Two Jump Street. <laughs> they did uh, the Lego Movie and its various Batman spin-off and Ninjago and all that. They were producers and writers and so on. They get them in to do a Star Wars film and then panic because the film's too funny or it's too loosey-goosey or, or not serious enough. What did you expect? Mm, sure, look, at their, look I mean, at their previous. Yeah, I mean, what bit of their previous work made you think you'd be getting a serious Star Wars film, right? So what did they do? They get rid of them and they get Ron Howard in, who, I mean, I like Apollo 13, right? It's a great film. But one of the blandest directors around. The definition of a safe pair of hands. Sure. To come in and kind of finish the film. They had issues with Rogue One. Rogue One, personally, is, I think it's probably my favourite Star Wars film. I do love Rogue One. Uh, but they had issues with that. A ton of that was reshot. Because they didn't like what Gareth Edwards had done with it. But again, it's like, it's not like his, it was his first film. He'd made Monsters pretty much on his own. He'd done the special effects himself. He'd done Godzilla by that point. Yeah. Which, you know what I mean? He knows special yeah, effects. He yeah, knows yeah. how to make a film. And then, of course, they got rid of Colin Trevorrow from the ninth film and brought J.J. Abrams back, where J.J. Abrams had no intention of coming back to the series. I do think I do think we would have had a more successful sequel trilogy had Abrams stayed through the three, because essentially mm. he undid a lot of what The Last Jedi set tried to set up, and yeah. I, whether that was just to help the studio move on from the backlash, I, I don't know, but it I did find it quite poetic that he came back to finish off what he had started. Yeah, but I what a that. fucking mess that film is. I mean, we, we could have a whole episode. It's In awful. fact, we could no, do a whole it, episode on, it on is, those. It is awful, that film. That last film is fucking terrible. Right, let's move on to another franchise. But, but anyway, <laughs> anyway, briefly, I think what I think what what Lucasfilm need to do, you're right, is put Dave Filoni and John Favreau, give them more creative control. They need to trust the filmmakers that and, they're getting. And they are you know, the nicest possible way. The nerdiest Star Wars fans mm-hmm. you can imagine. You watch Filoni yep. talk about moving from you know, is it Rebels he did? Or Clone yeah, Wars, was one it, of yeah. those. You know, yeah. he moves from that into into the world of the television. He loves this stuff. He lives yeah. it. He breathes it. He's passionate. Yeah. He's a fan. Yeah. And he wants to create the stuff that he wishes he could have seen as a kid. Mm. And ah, oh, they make the best filmmakers in my eyes. They do. But if if Lucasfilm could get in, if they just held their nerve a little bit and and kind of got in a director or directors or creative teams. And let them go a bit wild. Because, like, Taika Waititi is meant to be making a, a Star Wars film, right? True. He directed or wrote a few um, Mandos, didn't he? I think he, he did. He was in a couple. He played the robot, didn't he? I'm sure he and directed he, one too. He, he did, at least one, you're right. And look what he did with Thor, right? Thor the Dark oh, World was a dud. He, he annoys ca- me with Thor. But as a, as a character, it, it didn't really 
get developed that much. But then Thor Ragnarok, fantastic! What no, a film. see, I think it. I think it makes Thor a joke, and I, I like the film. But you have to. I have to forget that one and two exist because I think it makes Thor stupid. And I, yeah, I, I think they put too much emphasis on him being a bit thick. Okay. Um, but again, I I love Taika Waititi. I do love mm. Ragnarok. But in terms of what they were, I think trying to make Thor into. I mean, I, I didn't mind the Dark World for the record. But um, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward right. to Love and Thunder. And um, yes. Yeah, that's going to be great. Okay, but I, I think for what Luke's film needs to do is they need to trust the filmmakers. Absolutely. Just let go a little bit. Nothing's going there's, to... There's, it's not going to lose money, is it? Let's it's not going to lose money. There are nine films that, that are never going to go anywhere, and if you're a fan, you'll always have those films. But get someone in with some fresh ideas who wants to do something off in this little corner of this universe doesn't have to impact or or alter any of this doesn't have to have any impact on any of the existing canon uh, or alter anything or contradict anything it can be new characters and they just go off and have a bit of fun and it's in the universe that you're familiar with that's yeah. all it needs yeah yeah so i think we've kind of covered franchises that have just been bad or maybe outstayed their welcome a little yep. bit let's talk about some that are just great franchises are we going to great, are we? I think so. There's, okay. there's a, there's, there must be some. I mean, I thought that was the uh, the good ones that we talked about at the beginning. I mean, I like a fran- you know something that's again spawned a franchise, marketing, games, rides, and such. Um, I said it before. I don't spend too much time on it. Back to the Future, three films, Bosch, yep. comic book series, uh, a couple of rides that no longer exist, mm-hmm. um, games. A musical, which I can't wait to see in May. Um, I'm, yeah, tidy yeah. little franchise holds up well. Nothing more to say. I'd go with that. I think my favourite trilogy. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Mark. Hands I really down. am. And it, just, I, I said it before. I'll say it again. I feel like yeah. a kid every time I watch it, and I I yeah. love that. It's just it's just brilliant. Just yeah. brilliant. I'd I'd, go, uh, I'd say that um, the Lord of the Rings franchises I say that I know realize I'm including the Hobbit in that mm. maybe the original is absolutely incredible and whatever yeah. Amazon are going to do with this series now is going to have to be watched very closely because yeah. they've got a lot to live up to they have I'm interested to see what they do don't me get me too. wrong I'm not, me too. I'm not convinced nothing's convinced me yet but I'm certainly open and ready to see what see what they yep. do um, I think something like hang on a minute turns round to look at bookshelf full of films <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think oh Jesus hang on a minute oh God, oh God. Police Academy I'm glad you said it uh, yeah yeah Police Academy yeah. <laughs> I'm joking yeah. man <laughs> <laughs> no I think I think I mean one of the biggest franchises and longest running franchises um, it's the Bond series right that's a valid point I can't believe we didn't even mention that yeah um but it's a, it's an odd one there because it's only really the Daniel Craig films that I've introduced any explicit continuity between the films. Really? Yeah, Even I don't think the Brosnan movies. There was no. Remember what not, we did last time? Not really. Just, I've never li- given that any thought. Very little. There was yeah. maybe a bit of a crossover when Q retired and R came in. 
they sh they were in this they were like together in in one of the in a couple of films and then Q left and R took over. But in terms of the events of the adventure, nothing was ever mentioned again. There was no continuity of those kind of there was none of that overarching storyline which which the um, the yeah, Craig, Craig films had. Do you're right. Um, and again, they their ones were. They've kind of obviously changed over the years. They've kept up with the times, more or less. Uh, the styles, they've gone through the serious ones, the ones that are a bit more far-fetched and kind of sci-fi almost, with ones like Moonraker. Yep. Uh, I think it's a shame that Timothy Dalton's films weren't more successful, because I'd have liked to have seen him do more. But I mean, that's good. I mean, I, 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 again, I'm a, I'm a Bond fan. I really enjoyed No Time to Die. Um, mm. And... Now, Amazon have bought the is it the rights or the studio? I'm not sure. They bought the MGM studio, haven't they? They bought MGM, right? Who distribute Bond. Bond films? Right. Yeah. yeah. They have announced their first project that it's some sort of reality TV bollocks. Mm. So they they're slapping the 007 James Bond name onto something, and I don't like that. Well, what's interesting about that is that, that was only announced a week or so ago, right? And it's like one of these around the world race, around the world adventure things, okay? Right, where there's right. teams so it's like pitted, pitted against each other. Yeah, but apparently, that's been in development way before talks of of Amazon buying MGM. So they've just they've probably seen that this project's been is, is existed in the things that they've inherited and gone, all right. I think Amazon were developing it with MGM before they were talking about buying MGM. Okay. That, that was my understanding of it. I'll biggest... read about it. But, but yeah, thing, yeah, things but... like that, slapping the 007 name on something, I think is a bit yeah. fucking cheap. It is a little bit. Certainly for something like that. Yeah. I think the Broccoli's have definitely put their foot down and said the films are being uh, cinema releases. Yeah. The, the films will never go straight to streaming. And I'm sure that's cast iron in blood kind of thing. And I'm okay with that. Uh, absolutely. But I guess, what else could there be? I mean, there have been, what, junior James Bond books that are, like, yeah. officially licensed books? Canon. So so maybe they could do some TV shows. But then Amazon already do Alex Ryder. And Jack Reacher. And Jack Reacher. So and Alex so Ryder's like... But still. But Alex Ryder's essentially a junior Bond kind of thing anyway. Yeah, I agree. So so I don't know. I, I think, I, I guess there's opportunities to... I guess one thing I'd personally love to see is is a real in-depth series about the making of the films. Like the history of Bond on screen. If they could That'd do like, cool. you know... I don't know, but maybe I don't know whether they do one episode per film. But like, if they could do like a a, a good in depth, retrospective, candid look back at the at the making of the whole thing, given that it's what sixty years old now, or will be next year. Is it in sixty now? I think it's sixty now. Sixty what? Sorry, that, sixty years. Sixty years old. Yeah, nineteen sixty two. I think the first film was. Oh, I don't know. But but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that because as, as a name, as a brand, it's a hell of a brand to own, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And they spent enough money on the studio. 
Yeah, so they're going to want to make sure they get their money's worth out of it. Let's let's start to round this off with another, yeah. another thing that we we wrote down, which is a franchise is long going, but they've decided to reboot to potentially fix mistakes or mm. overwrite what has come. And the Halloween franchise, yeah, did something brilliant in two thousand eighteen. They went, we're going to reboot our franchise. It's a sequel, but mm. but only to the first film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Okay, you could argue Halloween Kills was, yeah, all right. Mm. But again, how are they are going to tie that together then in the third film? What other movies... I mean, horror is probably the best genre to look at this because Scream is sort of... Do, they're not, they've rebooted it and it's a sequel, but they are fixing some of the funny shit they used to do in the original Screams. But yeah. I'm, th- I'm thinking, like, Wes Craven's A New Nightmare in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. I, they, I think I they wanted to... fantastic. Oh, I don't know. I think they wanted it. It was really meta. And again, Wes Craven. Oh, that's a surprise. Mm. Um, it'd be a meta. But I think that should have become more than just that one film. But don't they just kill the fucker off at the end? I can't remember. <laughs> um, well, it's because they, 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 the premise is that Freddy's a real thing. And it's kept in check by making the films. And if you stop making the films, the thing that is Freddy comes into the real world. Mm. And so they have to keep making the films. Um, So I don't know where they necessarily could have gone after that, but I thought it was a really nice uh, kind of comment on, you know, how Freddy had gone from this iconic horror character. Now he's like kids, fancy dress costumes and, you know, all that kind of thing. So I thought that worked really well. But Halloween, you're right. I think that series had kind of gone on so long, it was kind of a bit like Friday the 13th, right? It was almost becoming a bit of a joke. Um, yeah. Whereas then you get uh, this kind of reset almost, a reset sequel kind of thing that says, right, well, forget all the silly shit that happened. Um, and now we're just kind of... Finishing off what we really should have been doing in the first place. Yeah, basically. But also, the fact that it was 30, 40 years ago to today to finish off the story, it it fits really, you know. Yeah. And again, we don't get paid to talk about it, but I can't can't (laughs) wait for the next one. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, Anything else that's, that's done that, rebooted to fix... I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I saw, well, it probably is, isn't it? But I guess we again we spoke a couple of weeks ago. I guess the the most recent Texas Chainsaw maybe tried to do uh, that. Let's not talk but, about that. But but not as well. Let's, Nowhere no. near as well as no. Halloween. Let's let's move on. Or let's but, end it. In fact, <laughs> yes. Let, let's let's end that. I mean, one last one to mention is the Alien franchise. Uh, I mean, that's just gold. Doesn't three, matter. Three great films. A fourth one was awful. Alien vs. Predator were garbage. And then a couple of prequels that are um, interesting. Prometheus or Covenant? Both. No, yeah, Prometheus think, or Covenant. Which... I, I, no, no, I, I think I, lo- I love Prometheus. I think Covenant makes Prometheus a better film. Right, okay. I think you watch them together and you might not like Prometheus, but then following Prometheus with Covenant retrospectively makes Prometheus a better film. I'm just sad that they're not going that Ridley Scott's not going to do the third film 
in the that trilogy, mm. and it looks like as excited as I am for the Alien TV series, my feeling is it's going to not fill that gap. It's going to go off in its own direction, and we'll never get that final link between Covenant and the first Alien film. Well, t- uh, Mark, I'll tell you what. Go on. You blow, and I'll do the fingering. <laughs> That's all you need to know about Covenant. <laughs> there was gasps and giggles in the theatre. I, I went to the great. midnight release of it, and it was what, just... Oh. What I like about Covenant is that, <laughs> that Ridley Scott, there was like a lot of things... Prometheus was an odd one, right? Because obviously, is it isn't an alien film. How much of a link is it in all this? But one of the criticisms was, well, it's not enough of an alien film, right? There's, where's the chest burst of blah 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 and it's like Covenant Ridley Scott went right okay you want a chest burst how about one out your neck yeah you want an alien film I'll fucking give you an alien <laughs> film and it was like full on body horror yeah, yeah it was it was fantastic it was full on alien greatest hits and I come on just brilliant just brilliant loved it alien great great franchise yeah <laughs> and that's about it I reckon it is. That's a bit I of a bumper episode, that one. That was, that one. Aren't you yeah. lucky? Aren't I just? I'll, and my editing fingers are going to be worn to the bone. Again, I'll do the blowing. You do the fingering. <laughs> uh, you leave the fingering to me. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> There's the title. There's the title. Leave the fingering to me. Oh, God alive. Well, you know the drill, everyone. Um, <laughs> do a like, do a share, rate us. Um send in any comments anything you'd like us to talk about would be quite cool actually like what's our take on something suggestion because we'll give it you Um, oh well you'll know about it one way or the other anything else you want to add on the end of that no that's all thank you very much I mean I I don't really know what we're going to talk about in the next two weeks but I'm sure Moon Knight will make an appearance because there'll be a few episodes out by then I'm sure. Yeah, actually. Well, let's get two or three episodes in and then see what we think awesome thanks listeners you've been the best cheerio